Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the BMW Life. That's boss life, mom life, wife life. And I am your host, Serena Moore Thomas, destroyer of comfort zones, speaker, author, entrepreneur, homeschooling mama. Yeah, doing a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But guess what? I want to show you how to find your rhythm, how to discover your God-given purpose, and how to do this thing called life with less grind, girl, and more grace. I promise you, you are in for a treat. Grab your notebook, something to write with, and let's get into it. Hello there. Welcome back. Listen, I have an amazing guest joining me again on the podcast, and it is none other than my girl, Miss Carmela Carter. This conversation was so enlightening. I'm telling you, she's just amazing, and her story has so many different layers to it. Oh my gosh, we we dived in, okay? We went in on, on this particular one, but let me just tell you a little bit about Carmela really quickly. Um, Carmela Carter is an author, a motivational speaker, a life coach. She's the founder of I Am Grace LLC. She uh, so freely shares her stories and her struggles um, in hopes of really empowering other people and encouraging other people to find their purpose, even in the midst of pain. So she talks about being a teen mom and then being married and then being a single mother again after being divorced and then being remarried to the love of her life. And you can follow her and her family family, beautiful family, their journey on Instagram. I'll make sure that I tag all of her information below. So you'll have, um, you'll be able to go and, and follow her. And I, I just know that you are going to find some serious value in this particular podcast. I, I It's always special for me to be able to talk to and um, speak with individuals that understand how to um, how to turn their adversity into their advantage. And it's not so much that we know how to do it, but it's amazing the way that God does it, right? Because when you're in a seemingly impossible situation, like many even find themselves in today, right? When, you, when you're when you in a situation that seems impossible, it's like, you know, you have one of two choices. You can cry or you can decide that this is not my place of always and move forward anyway. And so I love being able to hear her story and um, being able to share this with you. I, I believe you'll find some value, like I said. So enjoy. Make sure you head over to our Instagram, check out our website, and um, yeah, become a part of her community. Okay, so let's get into this conversation. I am so glad to have, I am graced herself in the building, okay? The picture of Grace, she's here, y'all. Um, and we're going to have an awesome, awesome conversation. We just want you to eavesdrop um, on this conversation a little bit. But my good friend, Miss Extraordinary, uh, Carmela Carter, Mrs. Carter, all right? 
just be proper, um, is in the building. And I am so happy to have you here, girl. Oh, thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for the invite. I feel privileged and honored and all of that good stuff. Girl, look, we are going to have a powerful conversation. I already know. Um, we spent some time talking the uh, what a couple weeks ago, and I wish I would have recorded it. I mean, because it was just good, good. It was just good stuff. So, right. um, so everyone already kind of knows, you know, what you're doing, and you know the kind of work that you're doing, empowering women, and working with um, young moms, and your book, and I mean, you're an author, you're a speaker, you are are very much a BMW, um, a boss mom and a wife. And so I just want you to talk to us a little bit about why you do what you do. So when it comes to speaking and, um, and even your book, like we, why, why do you, why are you passionate about what you do? Why are you doing it? Um, I am doing what I'm doing because I believe that uh, it's going to sound very generic and everybody says this, but it's a true statement for me. But I, I think I'm called to this place. Sometimes, you know, what we go through in life, it allow it helps others to get through. Um, and that's all throughout history. You know, it started in the beginning you know, with Adam and Eve. What they went through is helping us with, you know, all of our historical Bible characters, what they went through is helping us now. So I believe that I am just a continuation of what God did there now. And that's to help people through my story of um, everything that I went to, to inspire and motivate them that they can live a life on purpose, no matter what they've been through. So that's why I do what I do. Got it. Got it. Got it. So talk to us a little bit about um, just, you know, more specifically, what, who is Carmela Carter? Who is she? Who is she, girl? <laughs> okay, who is so her in two? Right. She is, um, first, I am a wife. I honor my covenant to the highest degree. Um, I'm a wife, second time wife. I'm gonna say it like that because I was single. I mean, I was married, then I was single again, and then now I'm married again. And God has blessed me to be able to love again, and I'm honored at that. And we can talk about, you know, why I was divorced later. For all the people who don't believe in divorces, I understand what happened. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. I'm also a mother of five beautiful children, um, and I am. Besides mother, wife, I'm a grandmother. My son has a baby, and he is really? two years old. Yeah, my son is 25. Wow. Yeah, my 25-year-old, my 24-year-old, he has a two-year-old um, okay. son, so I love it. And I'm also a, then I go into who I am business-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, I'm an author. I have two books, Purpose Spread of Pain, as well as Your Success is in Your Hands. I'm also a life coach. I have clients um, daily. I help them daily live life on purpose, pull out their highest potential and what they have inside of them. And I help them to live that life, you know, that they were called to. Um, and I'm also a speaker. I love to go out and encourage people, like I said before, through my story, through my testimony, um, just helping, you know, 
I don't mind sharing. It's like, I think a lot of people walk away from me and be like, you were so transparent. I believe in transparency because transparency really helped heal. I don't believe that people um, should cover up so much that people can't see the real them. You know, I remember uh, a while ago, I heard a speaker say, he says, be transparent to few. I mean, be, be transparent to everyone, but, you know, authentic with everyone, transparent with few. That's what it is. Authentic to everyone, transparent with few. And he said, because sometimes when you're transparent with some people, they can't handle the scars. They can't handle the weight of who you are. And I so agreed with what he said, but then there's times that I believe that God calls me to remove the um, some of the layers and really dive into, because I believe that that's what really heals. You yeah. know, so I'm always authentic. I'm always going to be Carmella Carter. I'm going to always be starting. I'm going to always be loving. I'm going to always be caring. And I'm always going to have a word of encouragement because that's a gift. Right, but right. Then right. there's times that in those secret places that God allows me to pull off the covers and really be transparent. So, yeah, yeah, love it. So, so let's I dive into that. Yeah, let's dive into okay. a little bit of that though, because I know we have a couple things in common. Um, we are both <laughs> parents, so right. Let's let's hear a little bit of of your story, kind of starting with kind of how you grew up, where you grew up, and what has you know the the kind of events that have shaped and molded you into who you are today. So yeah, I am a teen parent. Um, I was born and raised in Trenton, New Jersey. They call it Trenton. Mm-hmm. Since I came out of Trenton, I've learned how to say the correct pronunciation <laughs> of the word now. Crazy. My whole life, I lived in Trenton. I never, ever knew that it was Trenton. I thought it was Trenton. <laughs> Where did he go? I don't even know. It just, like, disappeared somewhere. But I remember working in the doctor's office, and I was like, yeah, I'm from Trenton. And the, um, the doctor was like, you know it's Trenton. And I was like, really? She said, you live here, y'all. I was like, oh, okay. So I've learned how to say it, and I refuse to say it the wrong way. I like to say it, Trenton. So that's where I'm from. I'm born and raised in the projects. It was Miller Homes then. It's now um, broke down. It's not, uh, they took it down. It's no longer up. But that's why I was born and raised. And I had my son at, um, I got pregnant at 15. And I actually had my son at 16 years old to a drug dealer, um, same age as me. I was the second baby mama. We were pregnant together, girl. Oh my God, oh, wow. we were pregnant together. I know, I was in high school, pregnant with both of us. It was six months apart, it was a mess. Mm-hmm. But um, I knew that I went. I didn't want to terminate my pregnancy. Um, at first I didn't, I did. I was like, ah, I'm a varsity cheerleader. I'm doing really good in school. Although, you know, my parents are, um, they are, you know, using drugs and alcohol and, and just in and out of jail and stuff like that. I still wanted to be successful. Like, I was like, I still want to go to college, you know, or whatever. But then when I got pregnant, um, all of those hopes and dreams kind of went down the drain because my son's father told me that if I was going to get an abortion, that he would kill me. Mm-hmm. And because of his name in the streets, I believed it. Mm-hmm. Um and then my mom said, we just don't believe in abortion. So you're going to have to carry that one out. And so I did. And But I knew that having him, that I wanted to wanted more 
more him than I have for myself, you know. Um, I remember being pregnant, going to the doctors, and before I went, I said a prayer because I grew up in the church. Like, my mom took me to church all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I remember praying before going to um, the doctors, and I asked God, I said, what, what am I going to have? You know, you really died, show me what I'm going to have. Went to sleep, and in my dream, I saw, I, looked, I was like, lay, I saw him in my stomach, and I saw him laying, and in the position that he was laying, was the position he was when I went to get the ultrasound the next day, and it was amazing, you know, and that's the first time I really knew how that God had a different call on my life, Mm -hmm. but um, because it was like even in sin, like even, you know, I'm pregnant, you know, I was, this baby was born in sin, um, you still wanted to talk to me and show me how real you were, you know, so, what, girl, yeah, yeah, I always say that, Mm mm-hmm, so not only was I a teen parent, but I was also um, a, a teen parent to a premature child. And so my son at birth, lung collapse. So I was in that hospital with my son with his, with his left lung collapse. I still remember it like it was yesterday. And just, you know, being there and crying like what's going on. I had a C-section. I said, I must have been the worst. Um, this must have been the worst experience of any teen parents because well, let me tell you, I said, I ain't having another nothing until I get married. Right. Another nothing until I get married. And um, I didn't even, it's not like I, my mom and dad were married or my mom had ever been married. So I didn't even know, know that marriage was a, um, a real thing for me. So it was something like, I'll never have another child because marriage really wasn't real to me because it was like, I'm not going to have another baby until I get married. It wasn't really real to me, you know? But, um... Yeah, so then after, you know, living in that, that lifestyle, helping my grandfather sell drugs, yep, so, yep, I was a drug dealer, uh-huh, you know, just being in that lifestyle, um, but after I had my son, I was just like, I can't, I can't do this, like, this cannot be my story, this cannot be my son's life, um, so I started to focus on him. And I would ask a lot of questions. So a lot of people would say, how did you become successful? And I'm like, every time I went to the doctor's office, I was asking questions like, how did you, how are you doing what you're doing? Mm-hmm. You know, how did you get that job? You know, and stuff like that. Just it, very inquisitive to, to try to pull the pieces together to success because it wasn't being shown in my environment. You Got know, um, I, yeah, so I think, yeah, so that's growing up and, I'm, I just want to interject real quick because that is so that is okay. so good. We have so much in common. Oh my goodness! Really? <laughs> Listen, one. Okay, so you know when I had the twins, I was sixteen, turning seventeen, and they were also in the NICU for like two months. So I did the yeah. like high school and going going to school till like eleven o'clock, and then I would go up to the hospital and stay up there with them and sit around and I was the same way I was asking questions I wanted to know everything I was a Mm -hmm. I like became this planner I was on top of it so so much Mm -hmm. so my doctors and them were like you know how old are you again like you just seem so so responsible but let me ask you this because this was an area I should for a long time as a young mother right and basically from the time I was a teenager even through like my early 20s I always in the back of my head was like worried about whether or not I could be a good parent 
Like, did you feel that way? I think that I was in survival mode. I have been in survival mode for so long um, because of my environment. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I never thought if I could be a good parent because no one was talking about what a parent was, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like my mom was being, my dad was being, my grandmother was being, but nobody was teaching about being. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I went into parenthood in pretty much survival mode. I kind of went to, I did go to a teen parent high school and they okay. taught us different uh, strategies for parenting, which was very, very helpful because when I had him and he would cry and stuff, I, I had patience and stuff like that. So I think that I I was in survival mode. I I was in like okay I gotta survive we gotta survive and whatever that looks like, Got you it. know. Got it. I didn't really think about parenting, girl, until I was in my after I had like three kids. So then I'm like, <laughs> am I a good parent? I used to be a good parent. What does being a being a good parent look like? You know, and now I'm like, that's my first assignment. I always tell people like, my favorite assignment in this whole wide world is being a parent because I've learned how to be a parent. You know, I've learned how to step out of survival mode and into okay, now I'm a parent. You know, so. got it. No, that is that is good. That is good. So all right, so here we got this young girl growing up in Trenton and doing mm-hmm. her thing, <laughs> doing her thing. And okay, so now you done been a drug dealer, child, you done had this baby, and fast forward, so things are moving forward for you. Your son is getting older. How do you end up where you are right now? Oh, okay, so um, at around uh, at 18, I graduated from medical assistant school, and then I, I was a high school dropout too. So, I, this story is getting deeper and deeper, girl. So, I dropped out of high school. And then I went to, um, you know, just to work to take care of my son because I didn't uh, get welfare. So I had to, like, take care of him by any means necessary, and I'll just get past that. But then when I graduated high school, I mean, when I left high school, um, and then I knew when I turned 18, my cousin was going to um, medical assistant school. And I was like, what school are you going to do? And she told me, and I went. And I just went because I saw the uniform, and I just knew that it was something I could do and she could do it. So I went, and then from there, my growth and success in the natural, like, you know, my career just grown. I became a medical assistant. I was a medical assistant for a long time. Then I went back to high school. I was working at the, at the hospital, and the nurse was like, you should be a nurse. No one knew I didn't have a high school diploma. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, and I was like, okay. And she's like, no, Carmela, you're very smart and, you know, encouraging words. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, I have to be, I have to get my high school diploma because no one knows I don't even have that. So then my cousin, the same cousin that introduced me to um, medical assistant school was going to a high school. And I was like, what high school are you going to? This adult high school. And she told me the adult high school, they like Twilight in Trenton. And I went there immediately. I went there in like February and graduated in June. I was serious, okay? And then wow. I started college. Mm-hmm. Then I started college for nursing school. But while in college, I became a medical assistant instructor. So I taught medical assistant for 10 years. Um, so like thousands of women and men how to become successful medical assistants, you know? And then I got married at like 23 and um, had med and God kept 
moving and elevating me from there. And then um, after 10 great years of marriage, I would like to call it, um, our marriage ended in the divorce. My ex-husband left me. He said, peace out of pork chops. Asalaamu Bacon. No, I'm joking. He, <laughs> he just was like, <laughs> he was like, I'm out of here. You know, he didn't want to be with me anymore. And so he left. Um, and when he left, when he told me I had to leave, I, it hurt. It broke me. It was just like, what? What do you mean? You know, um, I'm not leaving. You got to be kidding me because, you know, that was my whole life. We had three children together. He had, you know, raised my son like it was his own, you know, so now we're parents and four children together. And I'm like, there's no way in this world we're leaving. We're youth ministers. We are the bomb couple. People look at us like a power couple. No, like, where, could we fix this? Could we, you know, God has to help us. He can help us. But I think my ex-husband was born. He was like, I'm done. Like, I really he just didn't want to, you know, try to work on it at all. And so I had to accept that space. Um, where Wait, we let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Was it broken so, and y'all were still like pushing forward like it wasn't? Or was it like well, he was died? okay, okay. Yeah, so I didn't know it was like I you know how when you're married, for those married couples, people who are listening, you know that there's winter se- there's different seasons of marriage, just summer, spring, fall, winter, you know, just like the seasons of our life. And I thought that we were going through a winter season, um, because we were introduced to this new church and stuff. And so I thought we were just in a winter season because of the transition into the new church. But I didn't know that we were actually going down a path of divorce. So we were like arguing a little bit more. We um, but then I found out that, and I can say this because it has been brought to the light already, but he had been cheating on me with one of my really, really good friends for a whole year prior to me. And so like for that year, God had showed me in dreams, but he would, he would deny it. And then even the girl he, I found out he was cheating with. I called her and was like, I don't know why God's laying you on my heart, you know, and oh, I was like, you know, I'm going to pray with you and stuff like that, and even if they hear this podcast, they probably go like, ah, but I'm not using any names, so we'll right, like right. that, right. Um, so, you know, I was like, God, you know, usually, and I, like, I would buy her CDs from my church because she wasn't going to church I don't believe at the time so I would like buy her CDs and like I bought two CDs from my church my pastor gave a really good word and stuff and thinking that God was using me to encourage her because of her season that she was in but all along she was sleeping with my husband girl my 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 lord Right, right. So when I found out, when I found out, I was like broken. Oh my God. I remember like my friend calling me like, Carmela, you want to know why? Because I mean, all my girlfriends who were married was trying to help me. They were like, okay, clean up the bathroom, put soap in, you know, we we, we try to, you know, put on lingerie, you know, do right. extra stuff. So I'm doing all this extra stuff thinking that my husband would have been not be with me because of me. You know, I'm saying? I'll fix my character because I know that I had a lot of character flaws. Growing mm-hmm. up in the environment that I grew up in, it came with the consequences and I had character flaws, you know, being bossy and stuff like that. So they were like, you know, do this and that. So I'm doing all of these things. And then one of my friends called me and said, Carmela, um, he said the reason why he's acting this way is because he's been cheating with so and so for the last year. 
And I was like, what? And if you can see like a meme or like with fires coming out of your head and, and then now the Trenton come out, the Trenton. Right. So what the ghetto girl, the drug dealer, the gangbanger, the one that will fight you, that, that girl starts to come. And I hear the Lord so clearly. It's probably the first time I've ever really heard audible voice. Um, I hear God, but not audibly. And he, I hear so clearly. He says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord, I will repay. Mm-hmm. So fast that I couldn't even get up and retaliate. So I remember just falling into our little red couch. I asked, he, he denied it, but she didn't. And so from there, we went towards a, towards a, downward, a downward spiral. And, um, you know, things happened and I had to leave. And, and I like, at that time, I wanted to like die, you know, because I was just like, why am I living? You know, he can raise them without me. You know, he's, he's, he's in a good position in this church. He's doing, he's making, he makes way more money than I do. Uh, my children are better, better off with him, you know, and I just wanted to die. Uh, because my whole existence was based around this 11 year. At that point, it was 11 years. Um, before the 10, when it's, when I found out, but then it had came for 11 year anniversary. And I was just like, I'm, I just want to die, you know? And um, God said, no, I got plans for you. And then God started to show me that I had made my husband an idol. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? And so he's like, I stripped him from you because you made him an idol. Mm-hmm. And I never thought that that would happen. And I put him above God. Mm-hmm. And um, God, and so when when that happened, I, I just had to be, you know, humble myself and pray through it. I was single for two and a half years, and I mean, I was on single on fire for the Lord. Let me tell you, girl, I was like, God started. I started to date God. I started to be in love with God. I started to just forgive Him. I for, and then He started to date someone else that I knew, and I was forgiving them both. I'm like, I, I just wanted, I just wanted all of God. And, and I was done with that situation. And we can come to a great co-parenting situation because he's always an awesome, awesome father um, to our children. So I wanted to make sure that we co-parented well. And, um, yeah, so then I, I, was, I was single without dating anybody. I didn't want any days or anything for two and a half years because I just wanted to be clean. I wanted to be refreshed. I wanted to be... I knew that I would be married again, but when I met this man, that he was going to, um, he was going to get somebody good, not damaged. Yeah. He wasn't going to get damaged good. He was going to get the good yeah. good. So yeah. I had to heal. I had to, you know, be free. And then um, I was on assignment, and I have a Ruth and Boaz story. I was on assignment, and while I was on assignment, um, I met my husband on assignment. He, I was actually speaking at his church. I was speaking wow. at the guest speaker at his church, and he said something to me as I was walking out of the church. And I was saying, I'm like, boy, get out of here. <laughs> and, then, and then he jumped in my inbox and you did an awesome job. And I was like, thanks. And he was like, I want to know more about you. And I was like, okay, you can go right to my website, comalacarter.com, and find out whatever you need to know. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay. I was so serious as a single woman, like it was, I wasn't no joke, you know? And so all of that experience that I've been through pushed out my book. Like when I got my divorce, that's when purpose is greater than pain came. When I, um, 
you know, when I got about to get married, that's when your success is in your hand journal came, you know, and then I have another book that I, I wrote, but I never published. Um, and it's about single again, life after a divorce, like how you go, how do you go through a divorce? But I don't think that God wanted me to publish that. I think that's just different topics that I'll speak about in the future. Got so, it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, the, there's this, I mean, you have, there's so many dynamics to that story, but I am so glad that you are standing on the other side of that, that victory because there right. are people who may be listening, like going through a divorce currently or recently or about to or whatever. And I think you said something that's key. Like you had, um, you had to make sure, well, God allowed you to go through a season where God could be your everything. And I remember um, hearing that when I was single and I wasn't married before and then single, I just had the twins, but I was, I was single. And I remember saw a woman um, at my church saying that like, you know, you'll know when you're, when you're ready for marriage and ready for relationship, when you've spent time and God becomes your everything, because he is the one that cannot fail. Like he's the one that will not lie. He's the one. Right. never have yeah. to call and find out where he is he's always with you he'll never leave you nor forsake you he knows everything about you and even the right. flaws he loves you tremendously and so Absolutely. if that connection is not strong then you know you could really really dive into a really deep level depression um and i'm sure like, your life is connected for such a long time it's almost like you got to get to know yourself again. Like, you know, like you just got to yeah. get to know you because so much but, of your life has been connected to another person. But in getting to know you, you have to get to know you while parenting. Mm-hmm. So I have these children that I have, like my daughters and my, my, my baby son, he's too young to understand. And then my oldest son, he had already was on his own, but the two girls were the one that were watching. So mm-hmm. I had to in, let them ensure them that just because he was, he wasn't a great husband or we didn't work out as husband and wife, he's still a great father. Mm-hmm. So you still have to respect him as father. And I think a lot of women, when they go through a divorce, they, they tangle back the two up. And they make the kids hate the father. And it's like, because of what he did to them. And it's like, no, don't make the kids hate the father because of what he did to you. Because the kids has a choice to, um, they have to make their own choice and understand who he is in their relationship. You get what I mean? So in in my going through, I had to still be positive and not degrade their father. I had to still hold my head up and say, you know, you can be strong. And there are times that I will be in that bathroom, cry my elbows out, come back down. They'd be like, Mama, your elbows so wet. I, I was just praying, you know, and knowing that I was just broken. You know, I was just breaking, I was just breaking. But God built me. He built me in that season. Like, I always say, one of, one of the worst seasons of my life was the best season of my life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I'm able to... I hear God's voice now because of that turmoil in those two and a half years. I'm able to, you know, just be great because of the because of the character correction. I'm able to be a great wife to my current husband because of the character changes that God had to make in me. 
Yeah. I couldn't li- walk around with the that's just who I am mentality because if right. that's just who I am, I, that gives God no room for to, for growth in your life. I have right. to say, you know what, Carmela, you you you're no more you're no longer in um survival mode. You you are now in thriving mode. You are right. now with God as your father. And so you don't have to survive if he's just your father because your father will provide. So you act dependent on the father. You know, I had to learn those things. And in that season was the only time that I can learn those seasons. So like I said before, the pain that I experienced birthed the purpose that I am now. Like I only can walk in the call that I walk in today because of the pain that I experienced. And in that season, you know, and it took two and a half years of really grooming and growing and pushing me to greatness, Um, even though, like, before I was growing and all of that stuff. But I believe that two years prepared me for my now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and now you're speaking as not just a survivor, but as an overcomer. And I know I've spoken with like, you know, um, different women that I get a chance to either minister to or or coach, um, you know, just about that difference, like overcoming, like a person can survive something traumatic, right? But never truly overcome the experience, right? So when, when you overcome, you're free from the pain of that experience of that experience and then you're able to use it to propel you forward and discover your passion and your life's purpose through it you know what i'm saying so you're not not just okay this happened and that's a part of my story um that's just you know i survived something traumatic i just survived it but when you overcome it you're able to take that pain and turn that pain into purpose like your book talks about you know what i mean you're able to stand in the champion for somebody else that is going through that and you know really is like yo I'm I'm ready to die like I'm I'm definitely out of here because I don't see how this can get any better and so I Mm -hmm. testimony is powerful so I want to um it's already like gosh this is a good conversation I want to I want to give you quote (laughs) I want to give you this quote and I want to get your your feedback and I kind of I ask all my guests like this 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 particular um question because I think it's it's key for people to hear like the different perspectives and stuff like that so the basis of of my work and and certainly like the the people that I try to reach here with the podcast the basis is is this right that um I don't believe that the journey is about becoming anything. I believe it's more about unbecoming everything that is not really you so that you can be who you were meant to be in the first place, right? I believe that life has a way of shaping and molding you into someone that God never intended you to be. And so my message is to unbecome her right so when you think about that or when you hear that what comes to mind for you that just hit like woo, you know because that's a real that's a real place like sister i'm becoming who you thought you were or because life hit you that way right so i'm I'm gonna just tell her here go to transparent moment for the folks cover your ears if you're 18 or younger listen I can remember a time that the guy who raped me wanted to kiss me and kiss me. 
but he would like make me feel weird with my lips and I hated the way he kissed me, right? So growing up, I never liked kissing. Got married, never liked kissing. And that pain stayed with me. I wasn't, that wasn't the real me. The real me got tainted because someone abused me. Mm-hmm. So I had been walking around with an abuse mentality the whole time, married and everything, never getting healed from that moment where he made me kiss him. Mm-hmm. Then I get married to Marvin, my current husband, who I love so much, and he loves to kiss. And I'm like, why am I still holding on to what my molesters or rapists did to me? It's time to let that go. And then I start to embrace and love the connection that we have when we're kissing. Yeah. So we walk around with these things, and I had to unbecome her. Yeah. Because it was, it hindered the marriage that I currently had. We walk around, I'm tough. You're not tough, my guy. You're tough because you had to be tough. Mm-hmm. I, uh, this is just who I am. You're not just, that's just not who you are. You're that way because you had to be. But how about when God, he wants to heal you and he wants to fix you and he wants to mold you in a different way so that you don't have to be that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's good stuff. Yeah. And when we... Yeah. Were- when we when we agree to unbecome the person mm-hmm. that's not really us in the first place, what we do is mm-hmm. we, we allow God to to form us and to help us be the it will, he'll help you be the you that he can use. That's what that's how I yep. say it. it's the it's the yep. you that God can use because you in a broken, insecure, frustrated, unforgiving um you know that trust like all that that worry place that that's not Mm -hmm. that's not the you that that god can use and that's never what he intended for you and so you gotta be willing Mm -hmm. to look in the mirror and say life has made me this but god made me this and you gotta choose i want what god intended when he created me and in order for me to get that, I got to unbecome what's not really me. I hear God saying something very clear, Serena. And I don't, and I'm sure it's going to be for a listener. But there is some, some people who are um, people-pleasing. Mm-hmm. And they are trying to gain the approval of others by plead, trying to people-please. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, if I can just do this for this person, I'll get the approval that I need. If I can just do this for my pastor, if I can just do this for my boss, if I can just do this, and constantly in search of approval. Mm-hmm. In order to become who they think they can become by people please them. Mm-hmm. But the root, in order for you to get the appraisal and the approval and the, the encouragement that you need, it has 
to happen at the root of the problem. And the root of the problem is your parent. Mm -hmm. Is that person's parent that did not approve them, that did not encourage them, that they tried so hard in school to get good grades. They tried so hard to be the perfect person so that their parents can love them in spite of their mistakes. And their parents still didn't give them what they need. So they are in search of an approval. But I'm telling you that this approval that needs to happen needs to come from God. God needs to share, share with you that you are approved. You are, you are enough. enough. You are enough. You are enough. You are approved. Uh, and you yeah. don't have to walk around being that person that, that, like you had just said, that's not authentically you. Yeah. You don't, people, nobody wants to kiss butt. Right. That's mm-hmm. not natural. That's not, and, and then kiss butt is a loose term for being a suck up or whatever. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to do that. But people are doing it because they feel that they're to get them to the next place. And God is saying, nah, that's not going to get you to anywhere but in the same cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So you got to be willing. You got to be willing to, to unbecome so that you can just be. And I be yep. in such a beautiful place. And Carmela, I'm going to tell you now, and I've, you know, I've shared it already with the audience and I'll, I'll continue to throughout the podcast, throughout the season. Um, that's, that's been the place that I had to heal at. You know what I mean? Because I was yeah. I was a people pleaser. I was a achievement driven. I am validated by the things that I achieve and my worth and my value for so long yeah. was wrapped up in what I could do. And if this was right. good enough, you know what I mean? So it was just this constant mm-hmm. cycle of trying to be good enough. Got to be better. Got to be good enough. Got to be good enough. Mm-hmm. And you're absolutely right. You know, I had to trace that back to a parent relationship. You know what I'm saying? What was mm-hmm. I like? Why am I always trying to get a, a thumbs up? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like what? Yeah what was what was missing and now I grew up in a house of both my parents and so you know my mom and my dad were married my you know when I was born so it's not about having both having one having whatever and it ain't even about what they did it is the way that you um interpret Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's the way as a child that you interpret different levels of affection. So if I feel most loved when I'm doing something and you, you know, I get attention that way, if if that's not checked, noticed or addressed, you grow Mm -hmm. up feeling like that's the way you get uh, attention, love and validation by doing more. And then you come to God and he's like, yo, you can't earn this. I just love Mm -hmm. you. And the way my love is set up, I love you no matter what. No matter what. Flaws at all. Like all of that. I just, I love you because I created you. I know you better than you know yourself. And here's the thing. I know what I put in you. So there's nothing you got to prove to me. You don't have to prove nothing. Cause I already know it's, I know what's there because I put it there. Come on, somebody. I know what's right, right. I put it there. And so when you connect with God in that real way, you start to shed 
all of that stuff. You know what I mean? All of what society says you should be, all of what mom and daddy said you should be, all of what brothers, sisters, and colleagues and bosses said you should be. And you start to stand firm in who God has created you to be. Um, and so yep. I think that is that is so powerful. I am so glad that we were able to have this conversation. Yo, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. And I really wanted this to be a place of, you know, a place where people can um, relinquish, like, you know, let go. Um, You know, you don't have to come here with your, with your superwoman cape on. Ain't no superwomen in this joint, you know, especially when we know that your cape is on fire and you going down in flame, and we and we and we can see it. Those who are of a discerning spirit can see your coat on fire. So you're not fronting for nobody but yourself, right. or those who, um, you know, who can't see in the spirit. But those of us who got eyes in the spirit realm, most likely can see that your coat is on fire. Your coat <laughs> on fire, boo, and you need to like come on, sit right. down. Let's get connected. You know what I mean? We're going to disconnect from the superficial and connect to the supernatural. That's what kind of work Mm -hmm. we're doing here. So I'm glad that you Mm -hmm. joined us. Do you have any parting words, anything you want to leave? I definitely would, if you could just tell everybody where they can um, reach you and follow you and that kind of thing. Oh, absolutely. Here it goes. Here's my marketing. So, <laughs> no, just okay. Yeah, you can definitely reach me at CarmelaCarter.com. Um, I have on there a contact. You can contact me for speaking engagements. I do all kind of things. I have a mentor for. Um, I just started something called Grace Girls, and it's a mentoring program for grade six through twelfth grade. And we have awesome information about that as well on my website. Um, I do have something coming up in March. Um, and I hope that people can really, really, really be a part of this. And this is called a human trafficking workshop because we are going crazy in our society and um, with people killing people and stuff like that. So I have an international speaker that is coming to share and enlighten. And I also have someone who's coming to give us some self-defense, self-information so that we can protect ourselves out here in the street. So that's coming up in March. But yeah, you can contact me. My book is there on my website. Um, you know, my bio is there. Anything you need is right there. I always say it's a one-stop shop. You can purchase anything you need to purchase. You can co- contact me right there. My social media handles on, I, on Instagram is I am Grace 813 or Carmela Carter 813. Um, and then on Facebook is Carmela Carter. I don't use Twitter um, as much, even though I have Twitter accounts, but I don't use Twitter. And so that's how you can reach me. I would love to, you know, have one-on-one life coaching with you, or I would love to have, you know, me come speak to your um, group of people and shed purpose into their life. And, you know, whatever else I can do to help serve uh, the people of God in this house. Awesome. Awesome. And we'll make sure that we have all of uh, Carmela's details in the description so that you'll be able to reach out to her and, and also find out about her upcoming event. So again, we want to thank you for joining us on the BMW Life podcast, where we're talking about life, mom life, wife life. Um, and it's all about doing this thing called life with less grind and more grace. Mm-hmm. And 
So uh, thank you so much, Carmela. We really appreciate you. You have an awesome awesome. You see there, I told you you were in for a treat. Is that incredible or what? I am sure that there was something said today that has you really, really thinking. And here's the deal. You can head right over to my website and I have so many good things for you, like specifically for you. Uh, We have a community of like-minded, faith-focused individuals that are ready to wrap their arms around you and welcome you. And I mean, we have freebies and goodies and all kinds of things. So head on over to serenathomas.com and that's where you can continue this conversation with us and really engage further, okay? And then also, Also, if you are listening to this podcast today and you are like, girl, this is exactly what I needed. I need to know that. Okay, so send me a message. Certainly head over to iTunes and leave us a review. Make sure that you are subscribed or following this channel so that you're the first to know when new episodes are loaded. I'm so glad you took the time to join us. And listen, don't be stingy. I know you have a family, friend, or follower that needs this today. So take a screenshot, post it, girl, or just share it. But I enjoyed every moment of it, and I can't wait to connect with you again next week on the BMW Life Podcast. Talk to you soon.